So, it's all about Christmas in June. And matter of fact, the verse that is on the front of your booklet is one of my favorite verses of all time. It is John 16:33, and it says this, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, and in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. See, this is why we need to focus on the miracle of Christmas, of Jesus coming to this world. Because no matter where you are at, no matter what troubles you may be in, you've got to understand that he has overcome those troubles. Because just like today, it's all about the moment. And see, Jesus has come just at the right time for some of you. You don't even know it yet. Maybe you're just sitting there and you're just like, I got dragged here. I don't know what I'm doing here. But I'm here to tell you today that you are here just in time. So turn to the person next to you and let him know he's just on time. Just on time. And today in Galatians 4, 4 through 5 says this, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Okay, here, here's the deal. See, I love Christmas because Christmas always seems to come on the right time, right? Christmas, doesn't it? You're like, mm, yes, I need that turkey. Yes, like Christmas is awesome. And for me, I'll never forget it. Christmas was on time for me a couple years ago. Now, you guys have to understand, uh, a couple years ago, I'm not going to say how many years because that would tell you how old I am. But a couple years ago, I had just graduated from college. I graduated with my pastoral studies degree from a Christian college. I knew what God had called me to do. I knew, hey, God had called me to go out there and, and be a pastor of some sort. And so I got married and everything was going great. I started working at my school. Now, you also have to understand right here, uh, a little personal note about me, little boy, is I am Will Smith's biggest fan, okay? Some people, they might tell you that is not true. Some people might even say, Terrence, how do you know that to be true? I am telling you right now, I am Will Smith's biggest fan. And you want to know how I know that? Because just a couple of years uh, for Christmas, I'll never forget it, I'm driving to work. I just graduated from college. I just been married. Everything is going great. A week, two weeks before Christmas, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from my friend. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? And he goes, Terrence, you'll never guess what's happening this Friday. And I was like, first of all, I can't guess anything because you're yelling at me. And he goes, Terrence, Will Smith is going to be at the mall this Friday. And I was like, what? And he's like, yes, Will Smith is going to be premiering his new movie at the mall this Friday. Now, this is when the movie Seven Pounds had come out. I was living in Minnesota at the time. It is December. It is super cold. But I was like, oh, my goodness. It doesn't matter what happens. We're going to make sure we are at the mall this Friday to see Will Smith. And so it was Monday. I walked into my boss's office that afternoon. I walked in there like I was the Kool-Aid man. Boosh. I was like, listen. Some people might lie to you. Some people might tell you that their grandma is dead, but not me. And he goes, okay. I was like, 
I ain't coming to work today on Friday. And he goes, why not? And I was like, because I'm going to see Will Smith. And he goes, Terrence, you are crazy. I go, I'm crazy, but I'm crazy for Will Smith. And so I'll never forget it. Thursday night came. I'm like sitting there. It's like 10 o'clock at night. My wife is about to go to bed. I'm getting all excited. I'm like, oh my goodness. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten so excited about something that you just start to imagine it to be bigger than what it's going to be. And I'm like, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to meet Will Smith. He's going to say, hey, Terrence, we need to go out for coffee sometime. And I'm like, sure. And I'm going to sit down with him. Then he's going to be like, you know what, Terrence? I really like you. You should be in my next movie. I'm like, of course I should be in your movie. I'm your biggest fan. I'm imagining all these awesome things are going to happen. So it's like 1030 at this time. I'm like, you know what? There are people probably sitting outside right now ready to meet Will Smith. I could just see it right now. They're probably camping outside. This is Will Smith we're talking about. So I was like, I got to go to the mall right now. So I drive to the mall like 1130 at night. I start driving around and I don't see anybody. And I'm like, okay, okay. I was like, you know what? I'll just get here early in the morning. That's all. I'll just get here early and see where the line is at. And so I woke up at like 4.30 in the morning. I drive to the mall. I get there about 5, 5.30, and I'm driving around, and I don't see nobody. The parking lot is totally empty. And I'm like, oh, oh, snap. You know what? I was like, this is what's probably happening. People are already inside, and they're sitting there with Will Smith having coffee and donuts. I need to make sure I am in there with Will Smith. And so I see a security guard start to walk inside. And I was like, you know what? I'll just follow him for a little bit. What's the worst that can happen? And so I follow this security guard inside, and I go to the spot where I think it's going to be held at. I just go to the movie theater because I don't know where I'm going, and I just sit down. Next thing I know, security guard comes up to me, and he goes, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, uh, I'm here to meet Will Smith. And he goes, you do know he's going to be here at 7 o'clock tonight, right? And I go, yeah. And he goes, okay. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to wait until somebody tells me what's going on. And so hour after hour after hour, more people start to line up behind me. And I'm like, hey, y'all, I don't even know what's going on. I just sat down here. I don't even know if this is the official line. And by 12 o'clock that day, I had over 250 people behind me in this line. I'm like, you guys, I don't even know if this is the official line. I just sat down here. Next thing I know, I had the news crew. They come over and they interview me and they got me on the news singing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. I had my friends text me. They're like, Terrence, you were just on the news and they were making fun of you. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, I'm excited to meet Will Smith. And then all of a sudden, that's when it happened. I'm standing in line. This lady from Sony Pictures walks up to me and she goes, we're going to start with you. And I was like, oh, you're going to start with me? She goes, yes. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is it. It's going to happen. I'm going to meet Will Smith. He's going to invite me out for coffee. And then we're going to sit down. He's going to say, Terrence, you need to be in Bad Boys too." And I'm like, of course, Bad Boys. You probably don't even know what Bad Boys is. But I'm getting excited about this. And so 7 o'clock comes and they lead us outside. Now, this was like a whole big event. They had a red carpet event happening. There was a big stage. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings players were there. They had like all these like kind of like B-list superstars there. Tons of people. So they lead us out to the stage. And we're sitting there. Now, you got to remember, this is Minnesota. There's snow everywhere, and it's cold. But I'm like, oh, snap. I'm going to meet Will Smith today. So 7 o'clock comes. 
7 o'clock goes, 7.30 comes, 7.30 goes, 8.30 comes, 8.30 goes. By the time 9 o'clock rolled around, I have been outside at this point. I can't even feel my face. And I'm like, that's okay. I'm going to die meeting Will Smith today. There's over thousands of people around this huge stage. And then all of a sudden, this big black SUV pulls up. The whole crowd, they get all quiet. All of a sudden, the door opens up. Everybody like, <gasps> and the next thing you know, Will Smith steps out. Everybody starts cheering. They're like, oh, my God, that's Will Smith. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, snap, it's about to happen. And so I see him. He's coming towards me. He's high-fiving people as he comes over towards me. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those music videos with the girls, like, crying and screaming at that boy band. That was me. I am sitting there. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's happening. Next thing I know, Will Smith is right in front of me. And he goes, hey. And I don't know why I said what I said, but it just came out of my mouth. And I go, I love you. I was like, why did I say that? That was ridiculous. And he goes, oh, it's okay. It happens. And I go, oh, can I? And then all of a sudden, my mouth started to take control before my brain had a time to think about it. And he goes to shake my hand. And I go, I want to go home with you. And he goes, what? I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, Terrence, you need to stop right now. And we both had this surprise look on our face, like, we're going to ignore that just happened. And then he starts to move along, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, I just messed up that moment. Will Smith is probably walking away from me right now. He's like, I need to get a restraining order. This is crazy. And so he invites us all. They're like, come inside. We got to see the movie for free. Will Smith introduced a Will Smith movie. It was the best. I, like, had the time of my life. And so I'm driving home. I walk into my house, and then all of a sudden, my house is empty. And I was like, what? Where's, I was like, Where, where's my wife? What's going on? I found a note, and in the note, it said, Terrence, I've fallen in love with somebody else, and I'm done. I don't want this lifestyle anymore. My wife packed up everything, and she left. I am sitting here, and I am crushed. I'm sitting here, and I'm asking, why is this happening to me? And I'll never forget it. It was Christmas Day. It was the, I'm sitting there on my couch. There's nothing in my house besides a TV and a couch. And I remember on the TV, it was the Lakers versus the Heat. And I'm sitting there, and I'm watching this game. And at this point in time, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I'd gone to school to be able to teach people about God, but I'm like, God, you have not shown up at all. Where were you? And I'm thinking, there's no way that anybody's going to want me to come into their church and talk. There's no way that I'm going to be a pastor anywhere. There's no way that anybody's going to want me anymore. And so I was like, God, this is it. If you do not show up right now, I am taking my life. So I got a bottle of pills, put them all in my hand, got a cup of water, and I sat down. And right before I was about to put the pills in my mouth, the phone rang. I was just like, okay, let me just answer this phone real quick. I pick it up. Somebody's like, hey, Merry Christmas, Terrence. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, you know what? We're sitting around with uh, our, my family here, and all of a sudden, 
you just came on our minds, and we just wanted to pray for you. Do you mind if we pray for you right now? At this point, I am totally stunned. I'm just like, what? Oh, okay. And I'm like trying to like hide the tears and like not try to like sniffle over the phone. And they pray for me. And they go, we actually, we even have a song. God, God told us to send you this song. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And so they send me the song and I play it. And it's exactly everything that I was going through at that time. I broke down on that couch. And I was just like, God, I have no idea what your plan is, but thank you for speaking to me. Little did I know that that person who called me would be my wife just four years later. And she, I did not know who she was at the time, and she barely knew my name. But on Christmas Day, God told her, hey, I've got something for Terrence. You need to call him. God always shows up just on time. And I think part of the problem is that for some of us, we maybe hear these stories and we think, that happens to other people, but that doesn't happen for me. Maybe for some of us in this room right now, you are here and you're saying to yourself, maybe God, he might do something, but I don't know if he's going to do that for me. Or maybe you're at the point where you're about to give up. But I'm here to tell you today, God always comes just on time. He's not early. He's not late. He is always just on time. You know why Christmas always comes just on time, at least for some people? Did you guys know that um, suicide rates go up in February? And the reason for that is is that everybody waits for Christmas. They always think, hey, maybe something's going to happen during Christmas. Christmas is that last piece of hope for a lot of people in this world. And when something doesn't happen, that's when they start making the plans. And then that's when February hits. Because now you've gone away from family and for some of us, we're about to go through another Valentine's Day alone. Maybe we feel like nobody's noticed. And this is the point where people give up. But I'm here to tell you today, God doesn't just come on Christmas. God is here even now. Christmas doesn't happen just in December. It happens in June. It happens in July. It happens all throughout the year. You just have to hold on. He is just on time. Matter of fact, um, one of the stories in the Bible that I love is the story that takes place in Luke 13, 10 through 13. Now, uh, this is the story about this, this girl, and, and uh, she was crippled, and she always walked with a limp, and, and her body wasn't straight, and it says that she was this way for 18 years of her life. One day, they hear that Jesus is going to be speaking at the temple. And so she goes along with, with some of her friends, and, and she goes to this temple, and she doesn't sit in the front row. She doesn't sit in the second row, but she sits somewhere in the back where she can be lost. I really thought that was the Lord at first. I was like, Lord, you're calling us to dance right now. And she sits in the back, and Jesus begins to teach 
And then all of a sudden, Jesus stops. And in verse, verse 12, it says this. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up. She was healed right on the spot. This random girl that had just come in, and she sat in the back. She had been this way for 18 years of her life. All of a sudden, Jesus stops. He looks at her. He calls her forward, and she is healed. What does this say to us? It says this, it doesn't matter where you are sitting at in this room. It doesn't matter what you think you are coming in with, that God sees you. And the fact that this woman came, she wasn't necessarily thinking that she was going to be healed. Because remember, she had been this way for 18 years. She had just come into the temple. Maybe she was curious because she heard something about Jesus. Maybe for her, she got dragged there and she said, all right, I'll, I'll give it another shot. Why not? And all of a sudden, after 18 years of Dealing with all the pain of having people look at her and having people question why she was the way that she was, Jesus calls her for it on that day, and that's her day of healing. I don't know what each of you have come in with. Maybe for you, it is not a physical ailment. Maybe for you, it's an emotional. Maybe for you, it's a spiritual. No matter what it was, the thing that that healed her is that she came. She was here. She didn't have to do anything else except for come, and that's when Jesus saw her. I don't know how deep your guys' faith is. Maybe for some of you, you're like, I haven't looked in my Bible for a long time. But you want to know the great thing about Jesus? You want to know the awesome thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is this. It's not about what's going to happen. It's all about what has already been done. What does that mean? That means this. You don't have to do anything. Jesus loves you. You don't have to, like, make sure that maybe he's going to do something for me if I pray 20 times during, during a month. Maybe if I read my Bible for 10 hours a day, maybe then Jesus will show up. Nope, that's not how Jesus works. You know how Jesus works? The minute he sees you, he says, boom, I, I, got, I got something for you today. Maybe you have a little faith, and God says, I will do something with that. The fact that each and every one of you here, I know there is not a doubt in my mind, God has something for you this week. And all you have to do is when your moment comes, just come forward. That's it. That's all you have to do. Because in this story, even when it goes on, it says that all the other, like, uh, teachers of the law, they're sitting there, and they're getting mad. Why are they getting mad? It's simple. This is the Sabbath. And they're, they're like, Jesus, you can't heal people on the Sabbath. What's wrong with you? This is insane. And Jesus is just like, no, you guys don't understand. He goes, yes, it's the Sabbath, but just like you would help your animal if it got stuck, why wouldn't I help? this daughter of Abraham. You know why she calls her daughter Abraham? You know why this is important that he calls her a daughter of Abraham? He doesn't call anybody else in the Bible a daughter of Abraham. You know why? Because it says this. It says that you are a part of my family. This girl came in not 
thinking anybody noticed her. She sat in the back, and God, Jesus says to her, you're part of my family. And she didn't have to do anything except for show up. It says something about your faith, you just being here. Doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small, it says something that you're here. And because you're here, even if the people that were supposed to be here are are not, you're still a part of God's family. He still loves you. He still has a plan for you. And no matter what you may be going through right now, maybe for you, it's been a couple of years that you have been dealing with what you were dealing with. He's going to come just on time. See, um, during the summer, matter of fact, let me make sure, once again, in Galatians 4, 4 through 5, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Now, when Paul writes this, you guys have to understand, the whole book of Galatians is all about faith. Because there are lots of people that are telling the Galatian people, hey, these are the things that you need to do in order to receive this. And Paul is like, no, 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 you can obey the law. That's cool. But all you really got to do is just have faith. That's it. Just have faith that Jesus will do something, that God is showing up in your life, and then you will be redeemed. Just have faith. And so he's saying, hey, look, Jesus was born for exactly this. Nobody in this room is perfect. Everybody in this room has sin in their life. I have sin in my life. But you know what happens? God still shows up. And all I have to do is come to him, and he will redeem me. He will redeem you. All you have to do is come up to him. See, during the um, summer, I, I speak at uh, churches and camps, and then during the school year, I'll speak a lot at school and do school assemblies across the country. And one of the things, I'll never forget it, it was a couple summers ago, and I was at this camp in Montana. And at this night, they had asked me to speak about the Holy Spirit. And I was just like, okay, I, I don't know how to speak about the Holy Spirit except for just to showcase it. I was like, I don't want to be like, Holy Spirit shows up in this way and this way. I was like, I just want students to experience. I just want it to be real. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, how do I do this? And God was like, Terrence, you just got to trust me. I go, okay. And so I got a list of all the students at this camp. There's like 200 people at this camp. And I spent the whole day before praying for each and every student. And I just said, God, if you have something for one of these students, just let me know, and I'll write it down. And so there are a couple times where God, he gave me something about students. And so to make it really weird, I actually pulled up pictures of them off of Facebook, the weirdest pictures that they had. And I was like, boom, you know what? God also has something for you. It was crazy. I do crazy things sometimes. And so I had picked out Three students that I was going to speak to them and say, hey, this is what God told me to tell you. And so I am in the midst of this, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, God goes, stop. I need you to call out Zelda. I was like, call out a video game? I was like, what do you mean call out Zelda? And he's like, you need to call out Zelda. And I was like, God, maybe I'll, 
I'll call her out like during the prayer time. Maybe we're like, hey, Zelda's in the room. You're praying for yada yada. I was like, I'll do it that way. And God's like, no, you need to do it right now in the middle of this sermon. I have no idea who Zelda is. And so I stopped and I'm like, hey, is there a Zelda here? Everybody starts looking at me super weird. And I was like, Okay, no Zelda. There's not a Zelda anywhere. And then all of a sudden, this little girl stands up and she goes, uh, that's me. And I go, hey, I go, this is really weird. Uh, but God just told me to tell you uh, that he brought you here for a reason. And this is not a waste of time. And matter of fact, you're going to be a light to your family. And I don't know what has happened in your dad in the past, but there have been a lot of times that you looked and felt like you were left out and that you didn't have what everybody else had. But I just wanted to tell you right now that God has been telling you the whole time that he has got you and he's going to provide for you everything that you need. And even if you need a dad hug, God wants to give you that dad hug, okay? She's looking at me. She goes, okay. And I was like, all right, sit back down. This is weird. This is weird. And so I get done with the sermon. Next thing I know, I'm walking out of the chapel, and I hear a leader, and they go, Pastor Terrence, Pastor Terrence, you got to come here. And I'm like, what, what? And I turn around, and she is dragging Zelda. Zelda is bawling. And she comes up to me, and she goes, how did you know that? I go, what, what do you mean? And she goes, first of all, I tell everybody my name is Elizabeth because Zelda just sounds weird, and so I don't tell people my real name. She goes, how did you know my real name? I go, I don't know. And she goes, when I was two, my dad died in a car accident. And she goes, I always feel like I am left out of everything. And my family used to go to church on a regular basis, but my mom, she is so uh, grief-stricken and she is so mad with God that she drinks every day. And before I came to camp today, she said, this is it. I'm not going to pay for any more camps unless God is real. If you can tell me that God is real when you come back, then we will go to church again together. She goes, how did you know? I go, I did it. God shows up just on time. God is showing up for you just on time. You take the faith that you have, whether it be big or whether it be little, and you give that to God. So this is what I would like to do. I would like the worship band to come back up. But each and every person in here, you have uh, some paper. As a matter of fact, uh, On the, on the first page, uh, the one that has my crazy-looking face on it, if you want to tear some of that out, and each of you hopefully have a pen, I want to ask you, what is it that you need God to show up for? What do you need God to be just on time for you? This week, whether it be a health issue, whatever it is, write it down. It can be a word, 
It could be a paragraph, whatever it is. I want you to write that down right now. then they also have paper. If you need some paper, uh, feel free to just raise your hand and I'll get you some paper. And as you guys are writing it down, I'm sitting here and, and uh, there's a story about this girl and her, I, her name was Jessica. I, I'm not quite sure on her name, but her brother's name was Jorge. And she was nine and Jorge was four. And Jorge was born uh, with a disability. And he had some uh, heart issues. And so his family, from the time he was born all the way up until four, they took him to the hospital to try to see if they can uh, have procedures done to help him, to help keep him alive. And his sister, she would sit by his bedside every time he went through a surgery. And she would just pray. And one night she woke up and she can hear her parents arguing about running out of money and not having enough to pay for the next surgery. They're like, there is no way we're going to be able to pray, pay for this. So Jessica, she got up, she went to her piggy bank, and she shook it. And she's shaking all the coins out of there. She's shaking the, the quarters, the nickels, the dimes. And as soon as every single one came out, she started to count it. She didn't count it once. She didn't count it twice. She counted it at least three times. And after she counted it, she came up with the same number, $1.11. So she took that $1.11, she put it in her pocket, and she snuck out of her house and she went to the pharmacy down the road. She walked in, this 10-year-old little girl, she walks in, and she gets behind a person standing in line to talk to the pharmacist. And as she's standing there, people are starting to look at her like, what is this little girl doing here? And then finally, when she gets up to the counter, she puts the money down on the table, and the pharmacist looks at her, and he goes, uh, what can I do for you? And she goes, I need a miracle. And he goes, What? And she goes, I need a miracle. I, my brother Jorge, we can't pay for his surgery. And my parents say, it's going to take a miracle. I have a dollar and 11 cents. Will that pay for a miracle? The pharmacist looks at her and he goes, honey, I'm sorry. I, I think you misunderstood what we do here. Jessica starts to bawl. Guy comes up behind her. He goes, hey, what's going on? And she goes, my brother's going to die unless he has the surgery. All I have is a dollar and 11 cents. And the guy behind her, he goes, can I have that dollar and 11 cents? She gives it to him. And he goes, take me to go see your parents. That night, Jessica brought home a renowned surgeon that specializes in the thing that her brother was sick with. He did the surgery, and as they were sitting there by the bedside, his parents are crying. She goes, 
How much did this cost? How did we get this miracle in our life? And Jessica, she sat there because she knew a miracle only cost a dollar and 11 cents. Your God will take whatever you give him and he will make miracles happen from that. I am telling you, not because I have studied this, I am telling you because I have experienced this. When you understand that God shows up just on time, you know what that produces? It produces hope. Don't you ever think that your circumstances define your future. They do not. You have a God that is bigger than your circumstance. And all you have to do is bring him what you got, and he will do something great with it. So this is what I want to ask each of you to do. I want everybody to stand up. Sometimes in our lives, the things that get in the way between us coming before God is those things that we think cannot be moved. Those things that we think nothing will, will happen and we're going to be that person that God didn't notice. We're that person sitting there right now and you're saying, that doesn't happen for me. And you know what? Sometimes that stops you from coming to God, but not today, not this week. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. When the worship band, they begin to play, I want each and every one of you, I'm not going to call each of you up at one time. I want you to decide, is this my time? I want you to take what you have written down on that paper and I want you to ask yourself, am I ready to give this to God? Am I ready to sacrifice this and say, God, I'm not going to let this get in the way of my faith in you? Because I promise you, the minute that you let it go, and I'm not telling you to come up here and let it go and be like, all right, well, I hope something happens. No, I am telling you the minute that you let it go, you are believing, God, you're going to show up just on time for this. Why? Because he loves you. Why? Because he is your hope. And that's what Christmas is all about. It is that we have a hope that is everlasting, that will not fail us. Because why? Because he loves you. So they will start to play. And if you're ready, I just want you to come up in the mud and the ickiness. And I want you to just drop it at the altar, pray, and then go back and know that your God's going to show up just on time.